0: From the creator of the award-winning Remarkable Results Radio Podcast. Now listen to a slice of wisdom, a concept, a sentiment, a theory, and maybe even a rant from one of your industry colleagues for the record.
1: Hey, Carm Capriato here, and in just a few seconds, Kurt Richardson from South Street Auto Care in Rochester, Michigan, brings his point of view on technician pay plans. As you know, there are so many ways to do business, and there is not just one tried-and-true perfect way. One of the beauties of being independent is the fact that you choose how you do business. So many episodes in the content library of the podcast help you see and discover the many different ways to lead a successful business. Glad to have you here. You know, FlexCheck Auto Digital Vehicle Inspection Software may be the answer you're looking for, and we thank them for sponsoring the show. Here are a few quotes from some very happy customers. The ability to send pictures and video features lets the customer have a better understanding of what we're recommending to them. This increased transparency has been extremely valuable to our shop translating to an over $100 increase in AROs since supplementing FlexCheck Auto. And to the customer, the problem with their car becomes real, not just someone talking to them about it. I have one customer who would consistently not buy our recommended repairs, and once they saw the FlexCheck Auto report with photos and videos, they authorized the repairs right away. Now listen to Kirk Richardson, who says there is a better way to pay technicians than flat rate. Find Kirk's talking points and links to his previous episodes on the show notes page at remarkableresults.biz/f033. Here's the legal disclaimer: The views and opinions expressed are those of my guest and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the authors, sponsors, associates, or affiliates of LSTN Media LLC. Now, Kirk Richardson, for the record.
0: Hi guys, this is Kirk Richardson from South Street Auto Care in Rochester, Michigan. Um, One of the things that I am super passionate about and that I really want to talk about is is pay structure in our industry. I think you know flat rate and commission technicians and even commission service advisors is a dinosaur. I think it's something that needs to go away uh, for a lot of reasons. I don't probably have enough time to talk about all the reasons it needs to go away. Um, You know, but I I do want to. Sort of hit on a few points in this. Um, one of the one of the things um, that I think flat rate does it, it it really incentivizes a technician um, and even commission. Even it really incentivizes a technician to care about number one, right? And number one being themselves. And you know, I, I think when you when you start to look at this from the technician's view, um, they got mortgages to pay, they got mouths to feed, and when you know that's the responsibilities at home. I, I think. The, the only thing that matters to them you know when you work in a flat rate environment is the responsibilities at home i think the 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 business and the coworkers and and the reality is a a, a small business a small shop is just the people that work there right so when i say business i mean coworkers but in a flat rate world a, a technician is incentivized to think about themselves and not their coworkers and you know the reality is if i'm a flat rate technician or i'm a commission technician what i have to do every day it's sort of take my integrity, and I sort of got to often like leave it in the car, and I and I got to leave it in the car because I gotta I gotta fight and I gotta scrape and I gotta claw and I gotta make sure I'm doing everything I can to get my hours to you know support my family, my mortgage, those type of things, right? Um, and what that does, it really it it creates an island. So if I'm a technician and I got my two hoists, I look at the guy next to me and you know he has his two hoists, that guy's not my coworker. He's not my teammate. He's genuinely the guy who's taking food out of my kid's mouth. And, and I don't know why in the world shop owners think this is a good strategy. Right? I have a shop of five technicians and I have 10 hoists. And the reality is I, I got five guys who are looking at the next guy as his enemy. Um, and, and maybe it's not that dramatic. Right? It probably isn't that dramatic. It, it generally is probably never that dramatic. But there is this inherent flaw in that pay plan, and I, I just, I just think we need to change that. I think we need to get rid of that. I think you also get into the service advisor world where you know they get a percentage of whatever it is they sell, and it's, it's the same scenario. Um, and I, there's something in here that I think is a problem that's probably plagued us for 20 years and it's probably not going away anytime soon. But I I think a contributing factor to the shortage of young technicians has a lot to do with our pay plan. I think it has a lot to do with a lot of things. Um, But I I think a flat rate world or a commission world really prohibits young people from coming into our industry. And and here's why. If I'm 20 years old and I need to learn how to fix a car, experience is the greatest teacher, right? Right. And I go to a technician and I say, I need your help. You've been doing this 20 years. Well, in a flat rate environment, what's the technician's incentive? What's that 40-year-old technician's incentive to help that 20-year-old? Well, it's none. So here's what happens. I'm 20. I say I like cars. I work in a shop. I work with three other technicians who basically uh, want me to fail at at worst and have absolutely no incentive in my well-being or my advancement. And oh, by the way, nobody's going to help me. It's a long learning curve. It's a steep learning curve. And I got to buy $20,000 worth of tools to be effective. $10,000 worth of tools to be effective. Well, why would someone stay in our industry? Why, why would they do that? Right? In, a, in a flat rate world, the technician just looks at the young guy and says, I hope you don't make it. Because again, when you don't make it, that's more break jobs for me. Because you don't give 20-year-old technicians head gasket jobs or diagnostics. You give them break jobs. Um, I, I think one of the other things that happens when you pay flat rate is if I'm an 18 year old and I'm in high school, and you know my uncle is a is a guy who's fixed cars his whole life, and I'm that 18 year old and I go to that I go to my uncle who's uh, 44, and I say, "Hey, uncle, I really like fixing cars. This is what I want to do." Invariably, and well, I don't know, we'll call it the 97 out of 100 technicians would tell that 18 year old to do what. They would tell them, don't you dare become a technician. Don't you dare. Yeah, and I think for a litany of reasons, and some of them just inherent in the, the nature of a lot of technicians. I, mean, I, I think there's a lot that contributes to that. But I certainly think a factor is um, you choose to be a technician. Every day you come to work, you have to fight and scrape and claw to get your paycheck. And the guy next to you, the people you work with, they're your enemy. Well, why then? Why would a twenty-year-old do that? Why would an eighteen-year-old who's trying to choose a career wants to work with his hands, wants to work with you know their hands and and make a living, um, you know, by fixing cars? Well, mm, well, I'm not built for college. Well, now what am I going to go do? I'm going to go be an electrician, um, where I get a I get a nice compensation, I get a nice benefit package, I get a you know I'm in a union. Um, why would I not be a heating and cooling guy? Um, and furthermore, they run better hours, and there's all sorts of things, but. An 18-year-old goes and talks to a 44-year-old technician who's been doing this 25 years. First words out of his mouth are, don't you dare. Well, the, yeah. I, so if I'm 19, I'm not coming to fix cars. The few people I know who, who fix cars for a living are looking at me and saying, nah, mm-mm, nah, this is a bad gig. This is a bad gig. Well, yeah, whatever people there are who are willing to work with their hands, we're not going to get them. And I know guys who do heating and cooling. I know guys who are electricians. I know guys who are master electricians. They don't look at twenty year olds and say this is a terrible gig. They look at twenty year olds and go, "Yeah, you can make a decent living. You know, you got to take your lumps and you know learn some stuff, but eventually you can make a decent living doing this, and you can provide for your family." Well, most technicians don't get to say that. You know? And like I said, there's a there's a there's a, a litany of reasons why we don't have young people in this industry. But I think pay plan is a big contributor and it's this insidious in this insidious way, right? We don't, we don't necessarily see it. We don't hear it. But when you hear the technician say that, that's sort of what they're saying. Um, You know, I, I think um, flat rate really from a customer perspective, right? If, if we walk through a customer, if we walk through this scenario with a customer and said, Hey, here's the deal, Mr. Customer, you come to my shop. We have five technicians out there. They're all really good technicians. You have a really complicated car and a really complicated problem. And you know what I'm going to do? I know I got five technicians, but I'm going to give that car to one of them. One of them gets to fix it. Well, if I'm the customer, I would say, what if the one guy can't fix it? Well, the, the general answer is, well, then we try and give it to another one. Or, you know, we we will come together. Right? Well, the reality is in a flat rate environment, you don't get five technicians over there coming together to solve that customer's problem. And and as cars become more complex, and as the nature of repairing them and diagnosing them becomes more complex, you can't send a technician out on an island and say, here's your two hoists, fix every car that comes your way. That's not going to happen. I mean, we're we're watching this right now. We, we go through this every day. I got a 13-bay shop, and we fix lots and lots of cars. And it, there is not one technician down there who can solve all of the cars, and the reality is, it often takes all eight of them. Oh, yeah, and we got service advisors who are good technicians too. Sometimes it takes more than all eight of the technicians. Um, but in a in a flat rate environment, I, what's my incentive? What's my incentive to walk down six hoist and say, "You got a problem? Let me let me put my brain power to this." Well, the incentive is none, or the owner or the manager has to go out there and sort of. I don't know, sort of steer and guide and poke and prod and you know lean on the you know the technician who's not really in charge of that car and say we really need your help. And what's the first words out of that technician's mouth? What are you going to pay me flat rate? All right. So whatever. I, I go on and on. You know, I I think um, you know this is a problem in our industry. I also say I don't want to just complain about a problem. We about four or five years ago started doing something that is dramatically different than flat rate or commission. We, as a company, we have basically twelve people who are in the production side of our business—you know, the, the fixing car side, whether that's service advisors or technicians—and we share the company's gross profit. And I, to the best of my knowledge, I'm—we're pretty, pretty much the only shop doing this at the extent we're doing it. I mean, that is everyone's paycheck is part it comes from our company's gross profit. So technician 1 gets a percentage of our company's gross profit, technician 2 gets a percentage of our company's gross profit, technician 7 gets a percentage of our company's gross profit. All of the advisors, all of the managers are paid a percentage of our company's gross profit. Well, here's what happens. From a you know, we got one goal. And and it's one collective goal. Right? It's not Technician wants his flat rate hours and service advisor wants to make top line sales because he gets a percentage of top line sales. Right? We all we all live in the same world, the owner included. Right? We all live and die by how much gross profit we can produce. The more gross profit we produce, the more everybody in our company makes. The less gross profit we produce, the less everybody makes. Well, so really what ends up happening is we can now look at the customer and do things that are always right for the customer. So if I'm a flat rate tech and there's something that should be done that's right for the customer and it takes me five hours, well, I want my $150 because I'm a $30 an hour flat rate tech. Well, in this scenario, the reality is when this technician says, you know what, I want to help for my five hours, he's not giving up $30. That's not what he's giving up. He's doing, the, he's doing the right thing and he's taking care of the customer. And the service advisor is on the same page with them. right? So tech and service advisor are now on the same page create gross profit dollars, but the way we create the most gross profit dollars is by making the customer happy. It also makes life for a manager, for an owner, f- so enjoyable, so enjoyable. I can come to work every day. The manager can come to work every day and say, I enjoy the people that I work with. I don't have to listen to them complain. I don't have to listen to them talk to me about, I don't have to listen to him talk to me about point three hours. Um, So anyhow, that's, that's, that's what I got to say on that. Um, I just really think we should look at the way we pay as a industry as a whole and really sort of modify that. And I'm willing to talk to anybody about it. My plan's flawed and we're working through some of the flaws right now, but, um, I'm, I would love to talk to anybody about it. So I I just think it's something we need to fix. Kirk Richardson for the record. (laughs)
1: are listening to For the Record from Remarkable
0: Results Radio. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening app. Find all Remarkable Results podcast content at RemarkableResults.biz. Remember, your learning curve never sounded so good.